Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast. The, we will preview the Chelsea 2022-23 season as it's soon going to begin. And just as a just as like a little prelude before we begin talking about Chelsea, I'd like to mention that this year we will only be covering Chelsea as we will only be covering Chelsea. So let's begin by talking about the transfer window. Okay, Adam? All right, let's do it. All right. What were your thoughts on the signings Chelsea have made so far? Sterling, Koulibaly, Cucurella. Yeah, so excited for a new season, which starts today with Arsenal and Crystal Palace. And uh, just a note, if you want to look for a Canada soccer podcast that's coming soon, look for the True North Soccer podcast that's coming soon. Um, but on to the signings for Chelsea. So... Three big ones so far, Sterling uh, for about 47.5 million pounds, Kalidu Koulibaly from Napoli for around 34 million pounds, and unveiled this morning as a new Chelsea player and a, I believe a record fee for a left back, Mark Cucurella from Brighton for a total of 62 million pounds, which is high, which is apparently the biggest fee for a left back. Um, so obviously I think these are three great signings, three very high profile signings. You know, you, you start with Sterling and you, I think Sterling's going to be a great fit for this Thomas Tuchel system. He could play anywhere in that front three. You could even see him play up front, which he did so against Udinese in preseason. And I felt he, he fit in pretty well there, but he could play anywhere in that front three. I think you'll see a very fluid front three this year, which we didn't always get last year. Uh, Sterling adds a lot of pace, a lot of movement in and around the 18-yard box in the final third. Uh, someone who's reached double figures and goals in many, many seasons with Manchester City. And someone who's a big threat in the attacking third. Someone who draws players in. Uh, very hard to, to keep off the ball and uh, to keep out of dangerous areas for defenders. So I think he adds to a very fluid front three and someone who can make us better in the attacking third, hopefully. Um, and I think he can fit in very well with Kai and, and Mason Mount up top. Uh, Kalidu Koulibaly, I mean, this is a wonderful signing. This is a player that we've chased for many years. Many Premier League teams have chased this player because he has been one of the best center backs in the world over the years. Um, maybe the best center back in Serie A over the past uh, years. Leadership, experience, um, he had the physical side of the game, he's got that too. But he could also be really good with his feet, and we'll see him kind of play on the left-hand side of the back three, I presume, because he can be very good with both feet. And we saw it in preseason two. Um, even though he's right-footed, he could play on the left because he's got a pretty good weak foot also. So that's something, this is a good bit of scouting from Chelsea, someone who could kind of fit in to that role that Rudiger was in. And we saw it in preseason. Koulibaly fit in kind of seamlessly and uh, looked really good. And I am very excited for this signing because he is the whole package as a defender. And then you look at Mark Cucurella and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, this is a fee that is a bit higher than I wanted. I think 62 million pounds is a lot. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but, but you're get you are getting a player who is very versatile. 
left center back, left wing back, left back, whatever you want. Even if you go to a back four, you could probably play him on the left side of midfield. He can give you anything. He's so versatile. And um, I think we needed depth in these areas. We saw last year what happened when our wing backs got injured. Uh, so he's obviously going to bring depth, but he's also going to bring depth in that back three because he could play there also. The, this is a very talented, versatile player and uh, someone who, from an attacking standpoint, can can bring a lot. And that kind of wing-back depth is something that I'm really excited for. So very good all-around player and someone who I think can take his game to the next level under Thomas Tuchel, hopefully. A few youngsters have also been signed. Um, I know there was thoughts on Chukwumeka and Slanina. Yeah, so Chukwumeka, the Aston Villa midfielder, 18 years old, rated very highly by many. And uh, Chelsea went after him and got him. And I think when you look at some of the contracts that are expiring next year in midfield, I believe Jorginho and Golokante. I'm not saying that they're going to leave, um, but definitely as these midfielders do get older, uh, this is someone that hopefully for the future uh, plays a role. And also someone who will be in the squad this year. He's not going to be loaned out or anything. So he's hopefully this is a Phil Foden sort of situation like at Man City. Um, where he was able to break into the first team. As for Slonina, a goalkeeper from Chicago Fire from the MLS, I've seen him a few times, watched him, uh, looks really good. And this is someone who's hopefully uh, one for the future. So two kind of wonder kids and uh, two exciting players for the future. Yeah. How many more signings do you think Chelsea needs in order to have a squad that's ready to go? Well, it's nice that um, we got Cucurella in time for tomorrow's game. Apparently he is, like, he can be in the squad tomorrow, so that's good. Obviously, Sterling Koulibaly should be starting tomorrow. But for the rest of the transfer window, we need one more center back. I hope that's Wesley Fofana. But we really need one more center back. That's a must. Even with Cesar Aspilicueta signing a new deal, which is great, we still need another center back. And then after that, I think there'll be one, max two signings after that. Um, I think the areas we'll look at is, is a striker. I think Timo Werner might just leave uh, on loan. So I wonder if, you know, Memphis Depay... We've seen Aubameyang be offered, so one of those two. Aubameyang, that's on the table? Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan of it, in all honesty, but he did score goals at Arsenal, despite his issues. And he scored, and he scored goals at uh, Barcelona, too. Yes, he has, and Borussia Dortmund under Thomas Tuchel, so there's reason to, to think that would go well. But why is he on... Do, do we know why he's on the transfer window? Uh, Barca signed Lewandowski. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that's why Aubameyang and Depay are both kind of available. So we'll see what Chelsea do there. But I could see a striker being wanted. Um, Chelsea have also expressed interest in De Jong in midfield. 
It's just going to be about how big that fee is because we've already spent a lot. And, uh, you know, Dion could be anywhere from like 70 million pounds, 75. It could be a big fee. And if we're going to sign Fofana for a lot, I, I, I don't know, could be too much. The other area is right wing back, backup right wing back. Now with Aspie staying, I don't know if Chelsea put the money towards backup right wing back, but I, I would still. Because I don't think Aspie... I think Aspie needs to be a right center back right now. I don't think at right wing back he really fits the role. Especially at his age too. So I'd like to sign someone else. I know Ruben Loftus-Cheek can play there. Kalamut Sendoy can also play there. But I'd like a better option. Because uh, what if Reese does go down with an injury again, right? Um, so Boley's been very ambitious and he's he's uh, he's definitely made a statement so far. So you never know. Definitely one more center back, 100% needs to happen though. And then uh, maybe a few signings after that. Fire transfer is out also very important for Chelsea this season. Well, with the amount of money that's being spent um, and the wages that uh, we're taking in now, we need some players to leave uh, to clear up our wage bill a bit. So, you know, the likes of um, of Emerson, Alonso's very close to joining Barcelona. That could be like announced in the, like today or tomorrow. So look out for that. But Emerson, Alonso, Bashuai, Kennedy, Malang Sar, Ross Barkley, Timo Werner, if he were to leave on loan. These are all players that could get us uh, some money in and also clear our wage bill, more importantly. So, yeah, uh, this, th these are players that I would um, very much can consider selling and would sell them or loan them. Uh, also, we know Romelu Lukaku has left. Uh, no surprise. I think that's good for all parties. Um, Levi Colwell went to Brighton on loan. I think that's great that he goes on loan because um, he is someone who's can be big for the future for Chelsea. Those are really the big departures so far. Obviously, Rudiger Christensen also have left. I don't know. It's it's kind of sad looking at it, right, Adam? A lot of our big players. I mean, not with Lukaku, but a lot of our other players. There. Yeah, Rudiger is a sad one, but... Even at the end of next year, like, potentially Conte too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Next year, we'll we'll see with those contracts in midfield, but... Um... Chelsea might be having to look to what Arsenal did last year, be the youngest team in the Prem. <laughs> we'll see. Well, there's definitely a lot still to do this summer. Um, a few more signings, uh, a lot of players that need to be transferred out. That's very important. So, a, a lot still to do. Um, it's, it's been a bit hectic, for sure. Yeah. Well, overall thoughts on how the new ownership has done so far? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? They've done pretty well. Like, you have to cut them a bit of slack because you got to remember that everything was backed up because of the sanctions. And by the time Todd Bowley kind of got everything together and under control and really started talking to players and, and trying to negotiate transfers, uh, you know, City had already done their 
business for the most part. Liverpool, Arsenal had started, Spurs had started. Everyone was doing their thing, right? So we were late to the party. And that's, you know, you can't blame Todd, Todd Bowley for that. That's just the sanctions and the way things worked. But that did hurt us. And that's why, you know, we still have so much to do. And the season starts tomorrow. Uh, but it is what it is. And, uh, you know, overall, they've done very well. The, the players that they've brought in have been very high profile. Um, the, I think the scouting has been very good so far. I think these players fit Thomas Tuchel's system. I like how Bowley's working really closely with Tuchel. Um, I think there have been a few, like, kind of moments of learning for Todd Bowley. You know, I think with those kind of deals that have fallen out, like Kunde, like Rafinha, I think we waited a bit too long when we just kind of needed to move on and go for the other targets. Um, I think we waited and kind of stalled our progress a, li- a bit too much on those deals. Uh, so that, you know, that'd be something. But overall, they've been very ambitious. Um, there's a clear drive to rebuild this squad this summer. And uh, I'm happy with how directly... Todd Bowley's working with Tuchel. So, so far, so good. Okay, that's good to hear. But with that said, I think that covers the uh, transfer window. Should we uh, talk about the season preview? Yeah. All right. So what are your expectations, Adam? Uh, uh, you know, it's still a bit hard to stay because we, we have so much still to do in the transfer window, but... I think it's clear that it's 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 going to be very hard to catch Man City and Liverpool this year. This squad has so much to do. So much has to be done, transfers in, transfers out, that a lot has to come together very quickly to catch City and Liverpool this year. So it may have to be the case of Todd Bowley kind of thinking, we rebuild the squad this summer. We st- we're still going to need a few transfers next summer. So we 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 make those few next summer to to kind of fill in the rest of the squad, and then next year we go for it and we try to win it. It's going to be difficult this year. Um, you know, we always go out hoping to to challenge and and win, but you know, honestly, I don't really see anyone other than City and Liverpool. I think uh, Chelsea have too much to rebuild for now. Uh, but next year, if all plans out hopefully that's the year adam realistically question do you see top four happening for chelsea this year now in that case yes 100 percent. i think we're 100 percent the best 100 percent, really yeah 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 i think i think chelsea are 100 percent the third best team in the league at this very moment yes yeah 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 for sure um even with their new squad yeah. All things considered, you, you you don't have Rudiger, which I'd say was very responsible for the reason a lot of goals didn't go in for Chelsea. Yeah, but I also think Koulibaly is a better replacement than I thought we'd get. <laughs> so, and, and obviously you add in Raheem Sterling too, which should improve our attack at least a bit. So Yes, the attack is looking more optimistic, that's for sure. I could, I, I'd like the Mason Mount-Raheem Sterling combo. It's going to be a nice one. Yeah. I think defensively, though, it's... it's. I personally, sure, Koulibaly has it better on paper, 
but the way Rudiger plays, he he's smart and he hustles. And do you think Koulibaly will be up for it? I think he will be. I think he will be. I think I think he's going to be a very good signing. I hope I'm right. But I also think we do need one more center back because depth is an issue right now. So I think if we were to bring in like Fofana, I think that would really kind of complete the back line. Um, also, it's important to remember Cucurella and Reese James could also play in a back three if you need them to. Okay. So leaving Chelsea aside for a second, you still think we're the third best even with... Well, Tottenham hasn't really made many difference, much difference to their team. But, I mean, Tottenham increasingly grows their chemistry. And we saw how, how much of a fight they put up at the end of last season. I think they're top contenders for top four this year, as well as Arsenal. And Arsenal have a very, very nice team this year. They made, honestly, one of the most promising transfer windows out of all the Premier League teams, I'd say. Gabriel Jesus, Zinchenko, right? So you still think with those two teams, highly competitive this year, Arsenal wanting it more, especially since they, they were so close last year and they didn't get it. And the pressure's up for them this year as well, right? You still think Chelsea's top three? Yeah, yeah. I, I still put Chelsea top three, I think. That's an interesting one. I think with the manager, Thomas Tuchel, and, and I still think the squad is is the third best. I don't think it's enough to catch City and Liverpool, but I think it's the third best. Um, especially once one or two more signings are made. So, yeah, I think I think it's third best. My expectation is third in the Premier League, hopefully one of the Cups, win a trophy, and then get into, like, the last eight, last four of the Champions League, hopefully. That's my expectations for, for this year. That's where kind of the goals are um there's only one thing for sure it's definitely going to be a promising season and only time will tell right but yeah we, we will see it's going to be an interesting season that's for sure i think arsenal and chelsea are more level this season that's why it's going to be a good fight well tottenham and arsenal both i think done well in the transfer window but i just i still i still think chelsea are the third best team that's interesting. Hopefully we can expect consistency from all three of them, at least. All three of the London teams. <laughs> That's the one thing that would uh, that all teams are looking to be more of this year. But, okay. In that case, let's go with some predictions then. So who do you think wins the Premier League? Yeah, I think it's Man City. I debated, uh, obviously, them in Liverpool. Because um, I, I think Haaland will struggle a bit. But that squad is just way too strong for City. Over 38 matches, they have two first teams, basically. The squad depth is ridiculous. For me, yeah, for me, it's City. For me, it's Arsenal. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, I think it is Arsenal, and if not Arsenal, then Liverpool. I think Holland might be a bit more harm than it is good, actually, for Man City. And we saw that with their first game. I'm sure he'll gain his confidence, right? Because he missed a very wide open net. But I think the I think the Premier League might even get to him, you know? Holland was not to be rude to any other countries in their leagues, but Holland was in a farmers league. Compared to the English league, everyone's a farmers league. 
how long the, the thing is everyone talks about the missed chance against Liverpool I actually don't really care about the missed chance what 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 sticks out to me is when you watch the game honestly his his movements very it, it's not up to par yet for the English game because he's he's kind of standing with Van Dyke for 90 minutes not really kind of taking a few steps off Van Dyke and showing for the ball or not really combining with the other attacking players around him, just kind of waiting for service to be given to him in the box. You kind of have to create for yourself also and try to make it difficult for center backs. Step off of them, try to combine with the likes of Grealish or Rihad Mahrez, and then kind of turn and get in behind from there. Try to make your movement a lot more difficult for center backs because I think Van Dyke kind of had him the whole game. Uh, so that's what stuck out to me because... Your your movement has to be ten times better than it was in the Bundesliga because you just you don't have as much space to work with. Here's the way I see it. I think this is more of like a Ronaldo situation again. I think he's coming from Dortmund very confident, right? As one does. He he scored a lot of goals. He's young. He's big, and it shows. He he's fast. He's he's tough, but he's confident. And I I honestly think it might backfire on him. It's a it's a Ronaldo situation. Ronaldo, by all means, deserves to be confident. He's done all. He's done it all. He's the most hardworking footballer there is in all of soccer. But realistically, whenever you come into the Premier League, like looking this confident, and you want to play a team sport by yourself, it's gonna it's gonna backfire on you. And I think, I think Haaland might see that happen. Therefore, I don't think he's quite up to par, like you said. The movement wasn't all good, and that's because I think he thought he was doing the right thing, but hopefully he'll learn quickly and not have it be a complete Ronaldo situation throughout the whole season, but we'll see. So yeah, you say Man City, I say Liverpool, I still say Arsenal though. <laughs> um, let's move on to top four. Who's your top four, Adam? Uh, yeah, for me it's the same as last year. It's Chelsea, City, Liverpool, and uh, Spurs. I go Spurs over Arsenal because of because of the manager. First of all, Antonio Conte will get points in the big games and he will make the difference in the head-to-heads with Arsenal also, I think. And um and Kane and Son. Yeah. I think I think Mikel Arteta wants it this year because realistically, last year I understand it was a chance to rebuild, but if he doesn't get top 4 this year, it's over for him. Real it should be. Yeah, and but, I would not, by the way, that's like 50-50 Arsenal and Spurs for me. Like, Arsenal have improved. Uh, but I, ju- I just, I, I back a happy Antonio Conte doesn't finish below fourth for me. Yeah. Mine is probably going to be Arsenal, Liverpool, City. How crazy would it be if I threw in a United in there? Bro. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Newcastle. Arsenal. Yeah, Newcastle. <laughs> Arsenal, Liverpool, um, City, and I'll say I'll say Chelsea. Alright. Who gets relegated? Ooh, this is always the toughest part every year. Um so I went with Fulham. Uh I don't think they have enough to stay in the league this year. Uh, sadly, I also went with Nottingham Forest. Uh, as much as they've done some good business, that squad is still, for me, not not good enough. Uh, 
And then the, the, the third one was the hardest for me because I thought Bournemouth, I thought, you know, Southampton. Um, Maybe Brighton goes down this year. I mean, Brighton have lost Cucurella. They've lost Basuma to Tottenham. Those are really big players, but I still think they'll be fine because Graham Potter is is awesome. Um, I thought of Leeds after losing Oh, Phillips, come on, don't Rafinha. do that to Leeds now. But no, they got Tyler Adams. They got Brandon Harrison. Leeds got the heart. They got the heart to play. That is true. They, they play with heart whenever they play, whenever they need to. Here's the thing. Overall, I ended up with Brentford, which is too bad because I like Brentford. Um, but they did lose Christian Eriksen, who was big for them. And uh, I think that second year, people, people will know them a bit better too this year, Brentford. And uh, I think it could be maybe, you, you remember Sheffield United when they came up? And then the next year, people kind of figured them out. Uh, I just wonder if it's it, if it's that case again. I hope not. You but. know, that's that's a good shot, Adam. I actually like that. Um, I will stick with Brighton being the third. I agree with Nottingham Forest and Fulham, though. Um, but yeah, okay. Who's going to be the first manager sacked? Okay, so there were two I was debating. Marco Silva from uh, Fulham. And Frank Lampard from Everton, but I ended up with Frank Lampard. I just think he, I think he's going to struggle. I think he's got a really difficult um, job with Everton. He's lost Richarlison, hasn't really replaced him yet. I think the start of the season is going to be tough. Um, hopefully that starts with a loss to Chelsea, but even if they beat Chelsea, um, I, I think Lampard's going to have a tough time in the early parts of the season. Yeah. Who gets the golden boot this season? Golden boots. Um, this one's hard. Uh, I don't think it'll be Haaland or Nunes. Um, I could. I think it's going to be either Salah or Kane or Gabriel Jesus. I think it's a great shout for I was going to say Kane or Jesus as well, yeah. I'm going to go with Kane just because I think he's the best striker in the league. Who got it last season again? It was, was it Son? Yes, it was Son. Yeah, I could see Son getting it again. Yeah, Son's a yeah, that's a decent shout. Yeah, my top three for uh, Golden Boot: Jesus, Kane, or Son. I'm gonna say Kane. I'm gonna stick with Kane this one. Um, who gets Player of the Season? Uh, I think City win the league, so I have to go with a City player. I'm gonna go with Kevin De Bruyne, but I could also see someone like Riyad Mahrez winning it. Oh, it's going to go to Saka. No questions asked. No questions asked. <laughs> Money <Sokka's>, base. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was thinking with Arsenal through and through. It's going to Saka. Let's talk about Chelsea versus Everton, which is obviously Chelsea's first ga- game of the Premier League. With every Premier League game, it's important to start strong, as one knows. Arsenal had a rough start last season. You, you were competing with Norwich. Yeah. No, I know. Luckily, we won that game, but... The first three? Well, what was our first game? Was it Brentford? First game was Brentford, then it was Chelsea, then it was City. Yeah, yeah. The next two were understandable. Like, But Brentford, man, that was, that was tough. So as we know, point is, first games are important. It's important to start strong. You need, to, you need the confidence boost for the overall team. So Chelsea versus Everton. It's a good game for Chelsea, I think. With so much still to do in the transfer window, could Chelsea start at the season poorly? Well, it's a possibility, right? And we talked about 
how many players still need to leave, some of the signings that need to be made. So a lot still has to happen. And Thomas Tuchel said, like, he, he doesn't know if we're ready. So, I mean, it is a possibility. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, hopefully, you know, we can start the season well. And with the starting 11 we can put out, you know, like we should start the season well. But, you know, there's still kind of so much to do that who knows. And uh, we're starting the season at Goodison. We haven't won there the last like four years. So the demons of Goodison, man. It's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a scary start to the season, but hopefully we could get our way through it. What can we expect from this match? Um, Everton currently has no strikers available. Yeah, so Dominic Calvert-Lewin is out for this game with an injury. Solomon Rondon is also out. And Richarlison, who's left, doesn't have a replacement. Um, so, yeah, no strikers for Everton. So hopefully that hinders their attack a bit and it can make uh, the job for our backline easier. I think what you can expect is a lot of possession for Chelsea, kind of like we usually see against Everton. But it's going to be about breaking Everton down. And I'm sure we'll start in our 3-4-3. And uh, hopefully those wingbacks can really sort of... I wonder if Lampard are going to match us up, go to a back five also. But uh, hopefully those wingbacks can have a big influence and kind of those two number 10s can find pockets in between the lines. And that kind of fluid front three, which I'm sure will rotate uh, a lot, can uh, find little pockets and openings. Uh, and spaces in behind the Everton back line. So hopefully it's a good day for Chelsea. There should be a lot of possession and we should hopefully be able to to press Everton higher and win the ball back quickly and stop them from counterattacking and transitioning. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned the uh, back five from Lampard uh, just because, you know, you don't know what to expect from Chelsea now with Raheem Sterling on the squad, so... I think that might be an interesting move for Chelsea to uh, for Everton look, to look at. Sorry, can we see a start? Well, what, what predictions do you have for a starting eleven on uh, Everton or Chelsea? Yeah, so for Chelsea, I have Mendy in goal, Koulibaly on the left of the three, Silva in the middle, Aspie on the right. Then left wing back Chilwell, right wing back Reese James, um, in midfield Jorginho and Kante, and then the front three Havertz through the middle, Sterling on the left, Mason on the right. But that, they'll interchange and kind of rotate throughout the match because we kind of saw that in preseason because Sterling could go through the middle also. Cool. Uh, honestly, that's a great starting 11. But yeah, with that said, I think we're looking forward to this Chelsea versus Everton game. We will be back next week to preview the first London Derby of the season against Tottenham. Which, hopefully, for Chelsea's sake, it's a win. Um, nobody ever likes to lose in the London Derbies. But, yeah, we're looking for a promising season. It's a season to improve, for sure, with a, with a promising team and new signings. But, you know, we hopefully, we, as always, we, hopefully do, uh, we hope to do well. Thank you for listening, everyone, and peace.